This is the Young Family Podcast. All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Young Family Podcast. It's your host, E. Young, joined as always by my co-host. The TBC. Hello, TBC. Hello. On today's episode, you got a quick tip for everybody. We're going to talk about end-of-the-year testing for the littles uh, and how one has harnessed anxiety and turned it into enthusiasm. And then we're going to talk about a little bit more of a serious topic, and that is how to talk to your children about serious illnesses in the family with either you or close relatives or loved ones. Uh, So definitely stick around for that as we do a little heavy lifting. TBC, though, uh, you wanted to start things off with a quick tip. What do you have to share with everybody this week? One, two, three, four! All right, folks. So prices are high everywhere. True. And kids, especially my kids, eat a lot of fruit. Yes. And fruit, if not properly cared for, goes bad quickly. And it's expensive. That's what I'm saying. Well, everything's... Prices are high. Yeah, but I mean, fruit has always been expensive. True. go on. So I found this tip on the internet. And I kind of blew it off for a while, but now that I decided to try it, You'll I'm never like go back. totally in. So, whenever you get your strawberries, berries, whatever from the store, come home, dump them in a bowl of water with like one fourth vinegar to three fourths water. Oh wow! Okay, that's a lot of vinegar. Let it sit for ten minutes. The vinegar can kill all the bacteria. What kind of vinegar? Just like white vinegar. Okay, not apple cider. No, just white vinegar for it to kill like the bacteria on the berries. Then dry the berries completely, then put it into a container. I think any container is fine as long as like you line, like we put a paper towel, the berries, and then a paper towel on top and then close it with a lid. And it's supposed to stay stay good for two weeks. I've been doing it for one week. No, this is my second week. I think you've done it for more than one grocery cycle. And but it is like, weekly. it really works. I serve the kids a lot of fruit, and it definitely seems like it has been staying better longer. Yes, so definitely try the vinegar water trick. Make sure it is dried completely, and enjoy your fruit longer, because the prices are so high, and throwing away fruit sucks. Uh, so everyone, that's TBC and our quick <laughs> tip of the week. Segment over. Now can I be uh, just like a little bit of a dubious co-host? Sure. How expensive is white vinegar? Because if it's you're not. pouring like a quarter of a bowl I mean, in there, I'm you're going to fly through. I'm not measuring, right? I'm pouring like my grandma would do, just like an eyeball. It's like, grandma, like how much do you put? And you're like, you just do just it. Just pour the vinegar, Carolyn. So I'm not measuring like the water or the vinegar. I'm just like, yeah, that looks like enough. But it's about, I mean... A quarter of a cup is not really even that much, and vinegar is not that expensive. Oh, a quarter of a cup. Okay, I, I thought you were saying that it was kind of like a one to four ratio, but I don't know. I'll have to go and listen back. I mean, possibly that's what I said, but it's just like it's just like you just need a little bit of vinegar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A okay. little bit goes a long way. I understand. Gotcha. Um, all right, so the quick tip of and the week. And it doesn't taste like vinegar as long as you rinse well. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, thank you for that, TBC. I think Hopefully it's pretty good. Produce across the land is going to be more sustainable now, thanks to you. You're welcome. <laughs> Um, so our first topic of the day, uh, we we touched upon school in the last episode because Jackson's about to graduate from kindergarten. Uh, Except so, there's no graduation, but that's another sad story. Oh my God. Yeah. Why? I don't know. You know, our kids' school, elementary school, has done in the past month two concerts. <laughs> so it's not like they're adverse to gatherings. This is not a COVID measure. But they're going to have an end of the year concert and no graduation ceremony. It's like it's like, you know, they're trotting these kids out like it's, you know, like uh, the Mickey Mouse Club or something. It's so bizarre. Making them do songs and dances, but no graduation. But yeah, he's graduating. Anyway. With and, and um, you know, with graduation comes end of the year tests at any level of education. Am I right? Yeah, just like. A school check. What have you learned this year? You got to do it, even in kindergarten. Um, so, so tell the listeners what today was and how did you feel about it this morning with Jackson and his school? Well, everyone knows from last week's podcast that this school year has, you know, kicked our butt a little bit. And I do want to preface, I do... Obviously, last week I was a little bit heated. Yeah, it was <laughs> the timing of the podcast recording was uh, when I was definitely like pretty fresh, pretty hot. But I do, which love- was intentional, right? <laughs> we wanted to raw emotion. Yeah, we wanted to capture the raw emotion. But I do love his teachers. Mm-hmm. But I do feel that the testing, in case ha- they're listening, right? <laughs> <laughs> But I do feel that like the testing has been a lot, it's been right? A bit much. And I feel well, the academic rigor of the program has been a bit much. It's just like it's just a it, lot of testing, and yeah. I feel like I said last week, I just feel a lot of pressure on myself. So, have you, you know, picked out your own cap and gown for graduation? By the way, <sighs> you've only got like ten more days until you graduate kindergarten. I've thought about it. <laughs> so you know when you are. When you as a parent are trying to teach, you know, your child through school, you know, it is hard not to like have your feelings be put onto them, like the stress of school, the stress of the grade, the stress of like being the best. And projecting all of that onto your child. Yeah. You know? So like you're anxious about how tough this program is. It's hard not to project that onto your kid and then make them anxious. I about just it. want like when Jackson does his sight words with me at home, he does very good because I have. I mean, he does very good now because, you know, I have the patience with him and I, I kind of can throw him a little loft ball. What is it called? Uh, softball? Softball. Okay, loft a softball. <laughs> You know, it's like I can kind of help him, you know, get through some of these words. Whereas when the teacher's there. They just kind of stare blankly. And they're like, either say the word or don't. Next. Yeah. So it just, so, you know, it's like I want our hard work to be shown when he is tested on these like sight words. And which was today, by the way. Which was today. Yeah. And, you know, the big end of the year, like the moment we've we've been been working working for since August. Yeah. So, you know, yesterday and today, we, you know, we're doing our last minute preps and review on all these words. And, you know, instead of kind of projecting my anxiety and I guess stress onto him, Mm -hmm. I was just kind of trying to be very. 
uplifting and enthusiastic yes. and like excited and I was like jumping up and down and kind of being like a clown about like words. But it was it was actually resonating with him. He yeah. was feeding off of your energy um, and he was starting to smile every time that you were goofy about it. And I think that that obviously must have helped to ease his feelings about today as opposed to him having another reaction. I will tell you what it looked like from your husband's perspective and, you know, romantic partner of the last 10 years. I feel like I know you pretty well. And so I could tell that once you figured out that the test was going to be today, that you started to get pretty high strung about the sight words since last night because you knew this was it. This was the final curtain call. And so um, I felt you getting anxious about everything culminating in this moment and it was like do or die. But what I wanted to really applaud you for here in, before our listeners is that you harnessed the energy of your anxiety and then you transformed it into enthusiasm that you intentionally projected for Jackson's benefit. And I thought that that was very impressive on your part. And I think that that is a tactic that if there are any parents listening out there that kind of struggle with this, where it's like you, you know, you get anxious about school and then you make your kids anxious and you're like, oh man, I wish I wouldn't do that. If there is a way that you can harness that anxiety and then turn it into positivity for your little students, uh, man, do I think it go it goes a long way. Yeah, I mean, I think just like a light bulb went off, you know, because it's like, I don't want Jackson to not like school. I don't want him to dread homework. And, and with, with today being like the test that we've been like, you know, waiting all year to kind of take. And it's basically like a no pressure kind of moment. Yeah, it's just <laughs> no like, pressure, man. it's just no, like, it's all good. at this point, you know, there's nothing more that we can do. It's in God's you know, hands. We just have to let him him go and, you know, do his best. And, and I wanted him to know it's, it doesn't matter if you get a perfect score. It just matters that, like, you're doing your best. You know, right. it's like practice makes better. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to get that, that, that score. And I think for me, who has, you know, um, more of, like, an anxious side, what I've always tried to do with everything, I mean, school this year is just something new that we're that we're learning to adapt to, but it's like, if I don't like a roller coaster, I try not to let my children know that mm-hmm. I don't like it, that mm-hmm. it's more, like I want them, if they don't like it, I want them to not like it because they don't like it, not yeah. because I don't like it. And I think it's like the same with like school. It's like, even though I'm anxious about his grade, like I don't want him to feel the pressure and anxious about having that good grade because then it's like he's going to go in feeling that pressure. And then it's, I I feel then it's going to make him kind of crumble. Right, right, right. Yeah. So you don't want him to uh, have learned all of that from you because that'd be a disadvantage to him as a student. Um, Listen, I think that that takes a lot of self-awareness. I think that, like I said, it took a lot of strength to be able to today kind of like transform your anxiety into enthusiasm. So I thought it went awesome. Uh, And then just from my perspective, uh, I, I have seen Jackson over the course of this year learn those hundred sight words. At the beginning of the year, I mentioned this to you earlier today, I may as well have been trying to teach sight words to a puppy dog. Like there was absolutely no way that like in August of 2021, 
he was absorbing when we were practicing these words. And now he can pretty much always say all of them. And so my disposition towards today was just show them what you've learned because you truly have learned. And hopefully in most instances of all of you guys listening out there, that is the case with your kids. They have actually learned something. Have faith in the fact that they actually have if they've been working at it. And when it comes to testing, being evaluated in whatever way, that's all it is. It's a showcase of the hard work that you've done. So it should be fun. Go out there and have fun showing them what you what what hard work you've put into this. Yeah. And no need for stress with any of that. Well, I think that now for us it's like, you know, we're all we have like a week left of, of school and I feel like we're just going to, you know, kinda end the year, you know, strong, you know, but kinda also taking a break from school for a couple of weeks. But then for the summer, I really feel that we need to kind of be preparing for first grade so then there's like not as much pressure and there's not like our brain is not so lazy over the summer it's like you know yes we're having a break but we're also like learning so we're not so quote unquote behind or feel that pressure caught with our pants down like we were at the beginning of this year you know what the big takeaway is you know what kindergarten taught us we learned how to learn as as parents of a small child because we didn't know how any of this was going to go at the beginning of kindergarten. And so this first year of elementary school taught us how to learn and how we can teach. And so that's why we know that it's like, yeah, it's summer, but like we're not just going to lounge around for three months. Like you have to use the summer to be prepared for the upcoming school year. And parents that have had kids go through elementary school before, they knew that when their kid was starting kindergarten. So the summer leading up to it, they were prepping them in a way that we were not. And that's why we got caught with our pants down. Well, I feel that teachers can only do so much. And they I absolutely, feel for, for yeah, your, they're handcuffed for the most part. For your child, well, there's, you know, there's a lot of kids, there's not a lot of time. In, yeah. in the day they're always doing fire drills and weird events and it's like <laughs> like w- when you think about the amount of time actually spent with instructional learning in the day it ain't that much no so it's <laughs> like if you really want your child to be successful unless they're just born geniuses you know, wicked smart it's like <laughs> you have to be there or a tutor or somebody to kind of help you know, connect the dots. The, the parental involvement is, yeah. It's it, crucial. It's, it's like... Somebody's involvement. More, yeah, exactly. It, it can be a tutor, it can be somebody, but yeah, I feel like you need someone there the, to help. Yeah, and I think that that's what the teachers are always stressing. In the fleeting moments where they have time to communicate with us, they're like, we also need the support on the home front. And uh, they definitely don't always get it. And uh, we haven't been masters of that this year. But again, I feel like kindergarten and the the adversity that we faced in this first year kind of taught us how to be better about that moving forward. So here's here's to this year being over and to next year being a little better. Clank, clank. Yeah. Uh, So with that, TBC, let's move on to our ever cheery subject of how to talk to your kids about illness.
All right, everybody. Uh, so here in the second segment, we are going to be talking about how to talk to your little ones about serious illnesses um, that might affect your life or the life of a close relative or loved one. Um, because, uh, you know, sometimes these situations will arise and... Uh, we have had that situation arise in our family recently, and so I would just like to personally share what that experience has been like um, with talking to the kids about it. Uh, so TBC, I guess we'll, we'll first just kind of lay out what the scene is. Uh, so my mom is going through chemotherapy right now, and uh, she is... Um, losing her hair, has lost uh, most of her hair, and then shaved the remaining hair off. If any of our listeners are followers of my older brother, he has also documented the whole process of, of him shaving his hair and his head bald, just like my mom in solidarity with her. Um, and even Jackson and I have shaved our heads, um, you know, to show solidarity. So... We'll take a step back, though. When when my mom was first diagnosed with cancer, and this was this was basically of her breast, um, it was you know several months ago now, and it was on a an evening where I think that you, Carolyn, were out with friends, and um, and so I had the kids alone, and I knew that that day that my mom was getting some news on uh, whether or not something concerning uh, was going to be, uh, you know, found to be cancerous or not. And so when, when I first got the news that it was and that this was obviously going to be a pretty substantial life-changing situation for her and our family, um, I was, as you can imagine, very sad, right? And so there I was alone with the kids that night and I got this news that like was obviously very, very uh, depressing. And so from that first moment, I felt like I needed to be honest and transparent and vulnerable with the kids as opposed to trying to hide my emotions uh, or just bury it in that moment. Like I felt like, you know, just the most natural course of action for me was to feel my feels and then be honest with my kids about it. But the thing was, uh, from that very first conversation, I never used the word cancer. Now, I'm not saying that this is the do's and don'ts of like how to talk to your kids about some sort of a serious illness like cancer. Um, but I will just briefly go through why I thought that or what my rationale was there. Um, number one, I didn't think that the word was going to uh, really bear any significance to them. Mm -hmm. um, there, so what was really the point? And then secondarily, if they did kind of latch on to that word cancer, oh, my Nona has cancer, uh, that at the worst, they were just going to say that word in inappropriate situations, like at school with friends, uh, to other adults here in our community. And that might, at the time, I definitely did not know if that was something that my mom was, uh, you know, going to be forthcoming about or willing to share. Uh, and so now she has been 
um, very open with it. My brother has, has talked about it online, and now here we are talking about it in the podcast. Uh, but still, to this day, I've basically only been talking to the kids about it in terms that I think that a six and four year old will understand. And, and that's definitely been weird to talk about cancer in those terms. Uh, but that has been the course of action that I've taken. Well, I think too, though, for you, I mean, you are her son and you're very close to your mom. So I think like as an adult, like saying those words, you know, saying that word to mm -hmm. somebody that you like love just kind of hits a little bit harder. Or like about somebody you love. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's like, you know, cancer sucks. You know, the, the, the treatments like stink and it's a lot. And I feel like it's almost like if you don't say the word, maybe it's not as like realistic as like it really is. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't I don't think that I've I've ever been avoiding the term with them for no I'm us. just saying like for you right no I, I don't I don't think that it's been a form of self-denial like I fully embrace the fact that my mom uh, is dealing with this right now um, you know my own personal non-medical opinion is that she is you know absolutely going to fight through and overcome the the chemotherapy and you know the the cancerous growth itself um, so I've personally embraced the fact that this is happening and that it is cancer. Um, but, you know, for the sake of the kids, that has been, for whatever reason, just that was my instinct from the first time that I talked to them about it and, you know, continuing on conversations with them about it. That's been a very arbitrary line that I've drawn in the sand is that I'm just not going to say cancer with them. Um, and um, and yeah, I, I don't I don't know if that's great. Maybe for the sake of transparency, I should be saying it. Um, but that's just where my comfort level has been, and my and my rationale, uh, you know, is is sitting right now about why I haven't. Does that all make sense? Yeah, I mean, I think that for us, we've always we've kind of always talked to our children a little bit older than the age that they've always been. Right. And I feel that, you know, for us, we've all, and not that saying that this is like perfect for everybody, but we've always felt that being transparent is just like the way to go. It's like, you know, your mom, your mom lost her hair. Well, that's going to be a visual change that the children will see. I mean, whether they see her with no hair, whether they see her with a wig, I mean, that's going to be something that, that they might question. And, and, you know, it's like, if you just kind of like talk about it, not even for a long time with them, but it's just like you a way. You can't talk about anything for a long time with them. Well, that's true. But it's just like, you know, I feel that if you just talk about it rather than avoiding it, it just kind of like removes that like annoying curiosity about it right, because right, right. they, they are, are already feel that they're like a part of like the situation. And I hope that it establishes uh, a bedrock of trust with our kids too. That like, if there is something wrong with somebody in this family, that the precedent is that we're going to talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, what would concern me more, like, as a son, you know, uh, and what I think would be more concerning to our own children would be if there was a precedent of mystery around, you know, the, the health of our family and loved ones. Like, I don't know, 
like if somebody gets really sick in this family, I don't trust that the people in this family are going to talk about it because we've got this weird sort of like, you know, darkness and like big, you know, me medical situations like that are shrouded in mystery. Like, I think that that is a less desirable alternative and that a, you know, a precedent of trust and transparency and openness is just more desirable. So that's the kind of culture that I am attempting to establish in our family with, you know, the decision to talk about it in the way that I have. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of what we're doing right now. We'll see how it goes, like as like the, the story unfolds. But does anybody else have any tips or tricks or, you know, situations that they've been in this because it's definitely it's a delicate one, you know, um, like where where are those situations where it's just like, hey, eh, it, like I just couldn't talk to my kids about this because dot dot dot. Um, because I'm sure that they're out there. So, I mean, listen, if it helps you, the listener, to talk about that, then, you know, you can always uh, hit up your friends here at the Young Family Podcast. TBC, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us online? You can find us at youngfamilypodcast.com. That will link you to every platform that we are on. Pretty easy. Very easy. Uh, my, my brother, once again, if you want to see the uh, the content that he has uh, produced on this, just search for Justin Robert Young online and you'll uh, you'll you know be beneath an avalanche of of uh, platforms and mediums that he is on. Um, but anyway, go and check out his stuff uh, as well. And um, so that's it for us today. Uh, on behalf of the TBC and myself, we're saying deuces until next time and. Bye! This is the Young Family Podcast. This is the Young Family Podcast. Kindergarten days are over. To the first grade we will go. We learned to read. We learned to write. We learned our numbers too. But kindergarten days are over. To the first grade we will go. That was from my kindergarten graduation.